Class is in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshake. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 65 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Today's show is all on the topic of whether or not you should be using a weightlifting belt, especially in the context of back pain, returning from back pain, or if you're having a flare-up of back pain, having a sore back one day, should you use a weightlifting belt? Now, the reason I wanted to do a podcast solely dedicated to this specific topic is because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there as to the use of belts and whether or not they're good to use, especially for weightlifters, powerlifters, crossfitters, and especially when we're talking about back pain. Now, Recently, I was working with a powerlifter in physical therapy who was trying to recover from back pain. And during one of our sessions where we were lightly reintroducing the back squat back into his training program, he asked me if he could use his weightlifting belt. Now, it's because in his mind, a weight belt was to be used anytime you touch the barbell to keep your back safe, basically. It was his reassurance, especially with heavy weight, that his back wouldn't go out. Now, what I told him may surprise you. What I've come to find is that a large majority of athletes and coaches are actually using weightlifting belts incorrectly and many times for the wrong purposes. So let me explain. The first thing I want to talk about is why use a weightlifting belt. Before we jump into the use of a belt in context of back injury, we need to first understand why someone should wear a weightlifting belt in the first place. Now, research shows that a weightlifting belt provides additional stability for your lower back. And it does so by aiding your core muscles. When we get under a heavy barbell, for example, like a back squat, we need to take a big breath, brace our trunk muscles so that the weight of the bar does not bend us in two. If you think about a weightlifter getting ready to walk weight out of a rack, especially I get a good visual, Ray Williams. He's about to squat 1,000 pounds. It's not like he just stands up with the bar, lackadaisically comes out, gets set, and then go. You know, he's taking some big breaths, he's bracing his core, he's getting set, and then he stands up, then takes his steps out. The action of breathing and bracing together, what you can see Ray does a really good example of, it amplifies the pressure inside of our abdominal cavity, and it creates tremendous stability. Now, a helpful cue for some people to do this naturally is fill the tank. So basically, as you take a breath, you're going to push as much of your breath into your gut. And if you do this correctly, you're going to feel your stomach rise and fall slightly, not your chest. Now, this breath is then held during the duration of a single repetition. And I promise you, just doing that alone, breathing, bracing correctly, creating a ton of tension weightlifting belt or not, you're going to feel a tremendous difference when that weight is on your back. Now, essentially the volume of your intra-abdominal cavity increases when we take a big breath. So when you take a big breath and your stomach expands, you're expanding your intra-abdominal cavity volume. And if we couple that expansion by bracing our trunk muscles, basically like, you know, Mike Tyson's going to come up and jack you right in the gut, what are you going to do? You're going to brace, you're going to tighten down all those trunk muscles. And in doing so, you increase your body's intra-abdominal cavity pressure so that that volume can no longer expand. What this creates is intra-abdominal cavity pressure, IAP. Now, think of IAP like an unopened can of soda or pop, depending on what part of the country you're from. If you place a full unopened can of soda on the ground 
and then you stand on it, what's it going to do? It's going to remain strong. It's not going to crumple under your body weight. This is because the pressure inside the can gives it strength and stability. Now, this is exactly what happens to your body whenever you're lifting. When you take that big breath and you push it into your gut and then you brace over the top, you're creating that soda can effect, basically. You're creating so much pressure in your core that it gives strength and stability to your trunk, allowing you to squat big weight and not crumple in two. Now, it's quite common to hear coaches use the breathing cue, inhale on the way down, exhale on the way up. Now, while this technique of breathing may be very appropriate for your grandmother who's trying to lift very tiny baby weights, if you're trying to lift some big ass weight, that is not going to be helpful. Again, imagine that power lifter that's going to start taking his 900,000 pound squat. He inhales, he squats, and then he starts exhaling at the very start of his ascent. What do you think is going to happen to his back? If you let your air out too soon on the ascent of a squat, or you don't take a big enough breath at the start, you're already starting to drain the tank of your core. Basically, you're opening the soda can and letting some of that pressure out. And ultimately, what you're doing is you're losing some stability. So basically, you're opening the can of soda, you're draining it, and then you're trying to stand on the can of soda again. Obviously, the can is instantly going to be crushed under your body weight because that pressure inside was removed. In order to maintain that desired stability in our trunk whenever we're lifting big weight, you need to hold your breath until you have passed that sticking point of the ascent. Now, usually for most people, this is going to be about three-fourths of the way on the way up. Then you slowly start letting it out. If you let your air out too soon, you will instantly be drained of stability. Now, proper breathing and bracing mechanics of the core when we lift activate what's called the natural weightlifting belt. Therefore, a weightlifting belt is just another layer to our body's tank. The belt does not at all replace our core muscles and the mechanics of proper breathing and bracing, but rather it acts as just another restraint for our core. Now, this can be extremely helpful if your goal is to lift tremendous weight. If you are a power lifter, a weight lifter, a crossfitter, a strongman, someone that is trying to lift tremendous weight, a weightlifting belt can be very helpful. In fact, research has shown that when a belt is used correctly with a combination of a correctly braced core and held breath, IAP values, remember intra-abdominal cavity pressure, rises anywhere from 20 to 40%, which means more trunk stability. Now let's talk about how to use a belt correctly. When most use a weightlifting belt, they actually do so incorrectly. I can't tell you the amount of times someone has come to me and ask them, how do you use your weightlifting belt? And they say, well, don't I just wear it really, really tight? Okay, think about it like this. When you put on your belt, are you struggling and do you have friends help basically get it as tight as possible and maybe you use a rack to sort of... Uh, pull the belt really, really tightly. If you think about it, most people just wear a belt as tight as possible as if they're trying to put on basically like an 18th century corset. Proper use of a belt is much more, however, than just wearing it tightly around your stomach. In order to properly use a belt, you must breathe into the belt. If you only clench it tight, you miss out on the benefits the belt has to offer. So if you've only been using a belt and just wearing it really tightly and not even thinking about how you're breathing into the belt, you're actually missing out 
on potential performance because you're not getting the amount of increased stability you could get if you use it correctly. Always think about expanding your stomach into the weightlifting belt and then bracing against it. And research has shown that athletes who wear a belt correctly tend to lift heavier weights with more explosive power. They're also able to maintain their trunk stiffness for more reps during high repetition maximum lifts like an eight rep max attempt. Now, here's the next thing we have to talk about. When should you wear your belt? Obviously, we know why someone would wear it. We know how to wear it, but let's talk about when you would want to wear it. Most athletes start wearing a belt for the following reasons. First, they observe elite athletes wearing them, and they think, hey, I need to wear one as well. Big Ray Williams, he squats 1,000 pounds all the time. He wears a belt. I've got to wear a belt too. Okay, so that's the first reason. Second reason, you obviously want to lift heavyweight too. I see Big Ray Ray lifting weight like that. I want to lift weight like that as well. In three, their back is starting to become sore. It's hurting, and they think a belt will help. Let's talk about factor number one. Just because an elite athlete who has spent years and years training and competing wears a weightlifting belt does not mean you need to as well. First, you have to ask your question, Am I competing in a strength sport like weightlifting or powerlifting? Now, if the answer is yes, I strongly encourage you to spend your first few years in training for that sport without a belt. I know that may sound like blasphemy, but understand my reasoning. It is crucial during these early years to hone in on developing proper technique. Take this time to cultivate your natural weightlifting belt, your ability to breathe embrace and control with good core stability. Doing so will help you build this solid foundation of stability and movement quality so that if you do decide to use a weightlifting belt when reaching for those big, big weights one day, you can do so with even better technique. Now, if you have no desire to compete in powerlifting or weightlifting, and instead you are just trying to use the weight room to train for other sports, I'll say you're a baseball player, a basketball player, a football player, I highly recommend limiting belt use to a minimum. Think about it like this. If you're a football player, you're not going to wear a belt while participating in football, right? You're not wearing a weightlifting belt when you're playing baseball, when you're playing basketball. So it's probably not the best idea to wear one in the weight room. Instead, spend your time building a stable torso and lifting with pristine technique. Teach your body how to create core stability and move well. You don't need a weightlifting belt. Now, is there anything wrong with the desire to lift heavy weight? Not at all. But it should never come at the expense of technique. Technique is always the most important factor in lifting. While wearing a weightlifting belt can be very helpful on heavy lifts, the long-term use of a belt for every single time you touch the barbell I think can have some harmful effects. By using a belt all the time, the body naturally starts to rely on the passive support that a belt can supply. You can potentially weaken your core, in my opinion, by relying on a belt almost as a crutch. Therefore, learning how to brace and create stability on your own with lighter weights should be the first priority for all lifters. And for serious lifters who have been in the game for a long time, I highly recommend programming days of training with and without the belt so that you can continue to build that capacity for maintaining stability with heavy lifting. A belt should also never be used with the goal of taking away back pain or soreness. This is the main topic of today's podcast. 
A weightlifting belt, I'll say it again, should never be used with the goal of taking away back pain or soreness. Doing so is like covering up a hole in your car's tire with duct tape. Obviously, it's going to stop the car's tire from leaking a little bit. It may give you a little short-term relief if you wear a weightlifting belt and your back sore, but it is not a smart long-term solution. Who thinks driving around with a piece of duct tape covering up their car's tire hole is going to last long? Clearly, it's not. So think about this. A belt has no place in the rehab process of back pain. Now, once pain has been completely eliminated with proper rehab and you've been able to get back to the position where you're able to maintain good technique and stability with training with moderate weight, then you can start introducing a belt back into the game. But I highly recommend never, never using a weightlifting belt to cover up back pain or soreness. Now, if you are having back pain, what are my first common recommendations? Well, first, you have to understand what is your individual trigger for back pain. Every single person is going to have a little bit of a different reason, a different why behind their pain. There is no one size fits all when it comes to treating back pain. So despite what you may Google, back pain help, you will not find an efficient fix for every type of back pain. So first you have to get a good screening process done. Now, if you have a good physical therapist or chiropractor that understands a proper screening process, go see one. If not, I highly recommend checking out some of this content that I have on squatuniversity.com. Click on the blog article tab at the top and just scroll down to the free article that I have, How to Screen Your Low Back Pain. This is going to give you a number of different tests and measures that you can do on your own. Some require a friend for help, but basically your goal is to help uncover the why behind your pain. And Once you understand your individual reasons that are creating pain, it's going to allow you to craft together a very efficient plan to start fixing it. Oftentimes, it's what you do as far as implementing core stability, changes in movement, as far as learning how to move about the hips, but it's also about what you don't do that's going to help you fix your back pain. Often, this is fixing and understanding how specific loads, postures, and movements create back pain and which ones help you feel better. When you have that understanding, you can change and manipulate different things in the way in which you move throughout your day to eventually decrease your back pain, improve your resiliency and your capacity to handle more and more load and get back to doing the things that you love to do. Now, let's talk about, let's wrap everything back up. We should always work to ensure that we're lifting safely and with the best technique possible, obviously. A belt can facilitate this especially with heavier weights. There's nothing wrong with using a weightlifting belt. Some athletes will not use a belt, even with maximal attempts, and that's okay as long as they maintain great technique. However, if you're going to use a belt, you should know how to use one correctly. And I hope that this content today was able to help you understand how to use a belt, why someone use a belt, and when it is appropriate to use a belt. And the big takeaway is that it is never appropriate to use a weightlifting belt when you are in back pain. You should always understand why the back pain is there, get a proper screening so you can take the first steps to decreasing that pain. And then when you are on the comeback, understand that a belt can be helpful eventually, but it is only an aid to your lifting that is supported first and foremost by proper stability, creating your body's natural weightlifting belt with proper breathing, bracing mechanics, and moving technique. Hope you guys liked today's podcast. If you did, please reach out to me on Twitter um, and let me know if you enjoyed it and if there's anything that you want to learn about in upcoming podcasts. 
Also, I wanted to let you guys know that the Squat You Club, hashtag Squat You Club that I've been doing on Instagram for almost a year now, I'm now going to also start doing that club on YouTube with some of the newer content that I'm making. Now, remember, if you are not familiar with the Squat You Club or if you're just now hearing about it for the first time, the Squat You Club basically is my way of giving back to all of you who follow all the content that I put out. So basically on Instagram, what I've been doing is that as soon as I make a post, as quickly as possible, like the post, comment under the post using the hashtag Squat You Club. I pick one person every single day if I make one post. If I make two posts, I pick two people. And I just reach out to you, I direct message you, and I say, hey, you're the winner today. How can I help you? Can I help you with technique, your achy back, anything you want to talk about, I'm here to help. And we just go from there. And a number of the different content uh, that has been made under Instagram and Facebook are from uh, Squat You Club winners. I'm also going to be doing that on YouTube as I continue to try to grow that channel. So if you are not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, uh, head on over there, subscribe. There's a little notification bell on the right side of the channel where you can turn that bell on and then get notified when a new video has been posted. I'm going to try to be posting to YouTube now. Uh, maybe once to twice a week with some longer form content that hopefully you guys enjoy as well and are able to take away and continue learning uh, and going from there. So that is the Squat You Club. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It means so much to me to have you listening to the content that I have. Until next week, guys, happy squatting. That's it for today, class, on Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.